0: Hey crew, welcome back to the Skipper Report. Tonight I have Lauren Walker Madsen, outlaw country musician, and we're talking to him from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, welcome on the show, Lauren.
1: Hey man, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen each other.
1: <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been uh, it's been a handful of years now at this yeah. point, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we were just <clears throat> as we we're setting up the show. We were talking about uh, doing this live because maybe right now I'm supposed to be at Lauren's house visiting him and his little buddy, Liam, and beautiful wife, Jen. So, anyways, hopefully in the future we'll get to do that.
1: It's going to happen, and hopefully sooner than later.
0: Yeah. Now, one of the things I have about this uh, podcast, we call it Gear, Beer, and Anything Weird, but my, my main thing is to have conversations with really interesting, diverse people. And I was thinking, you know what? Lauren is an outlaw country musician. And uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of background of where you're from, where you grew up, how you got into music. Because I know you and Josh, Lauren is Josh Madsen's younger brother. And uh, Josh plays in a band too. Oh, he hasn't lately though, I don't think, has he?
1: No, we haven't. Not, not since before the pandemic. It's been a minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little more about yourself. Sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, um, I'm originally, I'm from uh, Denver, Colorado. That's where I was born. Um, Lived there for a brief stint when I was a little kid and uh, moved around a little bit, um, you know, with the family when I was younger. And we ended up in Salt Lake City when I was about eight, eight, nine years old and um i've been here ever since grew up here went to school um and and everything here so um met my wife here she she went to rival high school and um so we kind of grew up in the same area and um so i love it out here i love being in salt lake we've been we've been married uh, about six years and and been together for about twice that long so wow uh, i don't you know i don't see myself leaving anytime soon we've got a a little boy who's almost two and um as you mentioned my little buddy Liam and so we're just you know we love it out here in Utah and um I've been a musician since I was a teenager I guess that you know talking about outlaw country and and all that so been playing a band since I was a, a teenager and found myself just kind of in that roots music country singer songwriter um stuff probably I don't know probably closer to 10 years but really started doing my own project about seven years ago so yeah based out of Utah um songwriter yep. outlaw country roots music I mean uh but yeah I love it out here it's 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 good to be here in Utah so and I, we got I, some good snow for the guys who like to drop knees and ski too so. oh
0: yeah yeah for <laughs> sure do, do you do you ski?
1: Um, so yeah, so I, 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 yeah. And I'm Josh's younger brother, Josh Madsen. Yeah. Despite the fact that I look road worn and haggard and he's in great shape. And most people think that I'm his older brother, which is ridiculous in my (laughs) opinion, but you know, anyways, yeah, Josh, yeah. Um, from the free hill life, um, telemark skier. Um, yeah, we all grew up on skis. Um, pretty much due to our mom, you know, right. our mom is a great skier. She, she, um, her dad, you know, I think, you know, I, I just I'll always remember the story telling me when I was a kid and, you know, they got us into lessons really young and, and whatnot. But I mean, her dad taught them how to ski. And um, I think they had, you know, the rope toe, you know, going on yeah. back when she was learning and he wouldn't even buy him a pass for the rope toe. He would make him hike up and down the hill until they learned how to ski so she, she became a really good skier and passed it on to us, but I've never really been on a proper set of telemark skis in my life. I've always been just, you know, in Alpine skis and, you know, in high school, I mean, I would ski, you know, leave school to ski. We just, you know, growing up in Salt Lake, we were so lucky to be yeah just so close to so many great places to get out. So, um, you know, I worked at a resort for a season or two in high school and, you know, I love it just as, you know, in a different way than Josh. But, um, yeah, now kind of helping those guys out with the shop this season. I keep telling Josh, I'm like, man, one of these days soon, I got to get up and get on a proper pair of proper pair of uh, telemarks. Oh,
0: we, I I won't hold that against you, but you know what? Skiing is skiing today when I was talking on the other podcast, we were talking about, uh, I, I had a whole list of things to talk about and we didn't do a whole lot of them. And, but we were talking about, getting outside during the pandemic and you know uh this guy adam mr adam x on instagram he's uh talking about like what is a skier he's got buddies who ski two days a year and you know what they're skiers and we ski an insane amount we don't care what you know going down the hill on your bum you know (laughs) on a toboggan it's all good man you're getting outside and, and that sort of stuff so yeah we won't hold that to you so. All right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I'm, I'm a skier, you know, at heart. And, um, uh, I've been wanting to get out more, obviously, you know, life gets in the way. And yeah. when you're not, you know, running a shop or making a living doing it, it's a little different, but, um, I love it. And I'll always love to ski. So, right. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, and, and I'm, 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 you're a big outdoor enthusiast too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're I I don't know if it's a passion, but the other thing that I see when you post in that sort of stuff is your fly fishing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I love to fly fish. I love to fish. Yeah. Um, but I've really, really taken after fly fishing the last kind of dove into it the last five years or so. Right. Um, but really the last three or four I've really, really fallen in love with fly fishing a lot.
0: And and um, what what's made you fall in love with fly fishing?
1: Um, well, kinda of like a just I mean, just to back up a little bit with it was um when my wife and I got married in two thousand fifteen her work took us down to Phoenix, Arizona. So we were, we were down there for a couple of years and knew that it was temporary. And, um, you know, I was down there. I didn't really know a whole lot of people at the time. And there were all these ponds. I mean, just like these urban ponds, you know, I would see all the time. And somehow I just, you know, I, I had just come across, and they have a bass pro shop, just a mass, you right. know, one of those yes. massive bass pro shops, you know, yes. which we don't have a bass pro in Utah at all. Really? Um, we don't have one in Utah. No. Wow. So we have a Cabela's, which I think they're same yep. company, Yeah. but, but we don't have a bass pro anyways. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get out. You know, I've never fished for bass, you know, I'll get out and maybe yep. check it out and I'll hit one of these ponds one night or whatever. And I, one day, I mean. I caught a really nice bass, you know, and I was just kind of hooked on that and I'd get out and fish while we were there for a couple of years and started taking a rod on tour. And I would, you know, hit ponds all over the Midwest and whatever, and and some off time. So when we moved back, um, uh, my mom got me a fly rod actually just randomly when I was, you know, for Christmas, she's like, Oh, you know, I know you've been fishing. And you know, now that you're living at home, maybe you'd like to, you know, get into fly fishing. Um, I have an uncle who's, who's been a really, you know, avid fly fisherman for years. And then also Jenny's dad, my father-in-law, he's, he's a really, um, just a big fly fish fishing enthusiast. So anyways, I, um, yeah, I just, I kind of started just poking around with it and I probably fished for like five months without a bite, you know, no fish looking at anything. They didn't want anything to do. I wasn't doing it right. I'm sure at all um but it was the fourth of july i was out with a buddy of mine on a section of river that was by some property he had and he got me into my first fish on the fly and that that was kind of it you know it just was a different way of catching fish and once it kind of started to click it was it is it's definitely a little bit more of an art form the way you're presenting a fly to the fish and kind of what needs to go into the cast um and there's just so much more with it but that's also what i liked about bass fishing too and and just kind of fishing for that kind of fish too is there's jigging you know you're you're kind of a little bit more active you know getting out on the on the you know the bank and sitting with a cooler and a beer and just you know throwing the rod in and letting it sit whatever totally fine you know and and that's a good time and and everything but i like to move i like to be walking i like to be hiking with it and and kind of moving so fly fishing really just has all of that. I mean, it's just, it's a hunt. It's, it's a presentation. You're really kind of hunting the water and, you know, changing your flies and changing your, you know, uh, diameter of your, your leader of right. the, your line yeah. is just so much with it. And then, um, the pandemic just kind of forced me into starting to tie in my own flies. Oh no I way! More, nice. I had more time. Yeah. So I had more time and, um, that was a rabbit hole as I've really started, you know, kind of fallen in love with the sport and right. in fly fishing. Um I was like, man, I know that's something I would love to do. I, I just wasn't really sure how to get into it. And then, um, you know, my wife bought me kind of a, a get started kind of a kit. And then I just kept going from there. And so I've just been really, you know, when the little guy's down on a nap and I've got an hour or two, uh, you know, I'll go tie some flies and stuff yep. and, you know, at night, but I just love it. I don't know what it is. I mean, catching fish on the fly is just totally different. Um I got into a really nice brown trout on a on a local river here a few years back that had me running like fifty yards upstream and oh, then wow. another fifty backstream. And once I got that fish to the net, that was the first good fish that that I really brought in on the fly and, and from there I was I was really hooked at that point. Nice. So and, and you get to be outside, and that's kind of the other thing with it too is just, you know, it's, you know, where all these fish live, it's a pretty cool place to go hang out and walk around. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, you know, so I love it. So you
0: it's, you, it's you would love it up here where we live. There's a river that runs through our town called the Ganaraska River, and it's well-known throughout North America for uh, rainbow trout and salmon. Okay. So around mid-April we'll have the, the – um, rainbow trout run and like some of them are sure. monsters because we're right off the yeah. shore of Lake Ontario. And then the salmon, it's crazy. And then, uh, and so you, they
1: run up through the river.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They come, come up, up the river. So to, a lot of them just to spawn come up the lake. Yeah. 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 There, we, we have a natural population of salmon in our Lake. There's a, a young girl who I used to teach who's become a professional fisherman in the last year or so. And it, it's cool. been pretty cool. She's going to be on the podcast uh, awesome. I think during spring break, she says she's so busy with school and fishing and that sort of stuff, but yeah, she's out on the lake right now. Uh, she got back on a couple of days ago and they're out there fishing for salmon. We have a big, huge, uh, salmon derby that runs all year long, or wow. I would say all season long and, you know, uh, get there's boats for prizes and trucks for prizes and that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, I haven't fly fished for any salmon yet. That's definitely some bucket list. And um, just fishing up in Canada, I mean, oh yeah, I'm, I'm itching for, I've told you, like we've said a little bit, I yep. mean, there's so much great water up there, so yes. it'll happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I was inviting you to my cottage, you know, oh, my man. dad used to fly fish for bass in our lake. And I remember one time he caught a, a six pound largemouth bass. And it took him about yeah. 30, 35 minutes to get it in the boat. It was crazy.
1: I, that sounds like a blast. Oh, yeah. 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 And it was on the fly?
0: It was on the fly, yep.
1: Which is probably why it took him 30 minutes to get it in. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's just something about it that, yeah. I mean, yeah, you just can't crank them in. You got to kind of, you got to play the fish. Them That's in. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> said,
0: yeah, you got the, yeah, you got the fly. You got to come my way now, buddy.
1: I would love it. Yeah, there's actually, you know, there's there's so many spots we could talk about up there that are just, I've been, you know, making lists for a couple of years now, oh, yeah. just bucket lists, rivers and lakes, and a lot of them are up in Canada. Yeah. Um, well, that's like, you guys got some We're thinking spots. of,
0: uh, I, I asked Sean, uh, I said, you know, we're traveling through really great fly fishing areas, you know, when we're going through Montana and Wyoming and, and Idaho. Sure. I said, what do you think about us taking up fly fishing? Because I have a friend who's a, a fly fisher, and he's got a buddy who's own a, who owns a shop. And Sasha said, oh, "Okay, you know, he'd he'd send us send uh, send us the, his buddy's way and get us set up with you know kind of beginner outfits, see how we like it and that sort of stuff." And mm-hmm. Sean wasn't uh, negative about it, so I thought <laughs> that's kind of cool, another activity that we can do. You know, Let's park the trailer and uh, do some yeah, fly get fishing, a line man. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Well, it's a good time. You know, even I'm, I'm blessed in the, you know, just that like Jenny comes from that in her own family. I mean, her dad used to take the kids around on trips and, you know, haul them around, uh, you know, different places. So he could fish and and just growing up around it. Um, And also she, she has four other sisters and one younger brother. And so her brother, being the only boy, I mean, her and, uh, him and her dad, they fish a lot together, right. those two. And so those guys, uh, yeah, I'm blessed to live in a fishy family. You know, those guys, they, they love it. And so we're, we're always talking about it and, you know, any chance we get, he's, he's got some property in a really nice place pretty close to West Yellowstone up in, uh, up in Idaho, uh, close to a place called Island park. And, uh, some of the fishing up there is just incredible. So, we look forward to yeah, kind of that springtime, like you yep. said, kind of the spawns start to happen and things warm up and and the fly fishing kind of turns on. But yeah, anytime you and Sean come down this <laughs> way, we would love it. Every now and again, I can get Jenny out there and and uh, it's a good time. We have a, we have a great time. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. I
0: know my girls. They're they're huge avid fishermen too. And I love yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you've sent me some great pictures from <laughs> from over the years of you guys catching some great fish.
0: Yeah, my, my favorite stories are Bronwyn going up to her <laughs> husband's cottage and she's out fishing him.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> that's how it happens sometimes. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's or, awesome. Yeah, well, keep me posted. I would love to do it with you oh, guys yeah. when you come back down this yeah, way. Yeah, for be sure.
0: Fun. That'd be great. Now I have a question for you. I was watching the Grammys sure. the other night with my daughter, and I was yeah listening to the country music mm-hmm. and as I said to Bronwyn, I said, this doesn't sound like the country music I know, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe you can tell the listeners the difference between country music and outlaw country music.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, um, gosh, yeah, that's man. What a loaded question. It's, Sorry. uh, you know, and <laughs> in, in, in I actually, I didn't even catch much or much of the Grammys myself, but, um, you know, kind of the thing with country music nowadays, a lot of people call it country music. It just really sounds to me and to a lot of people that would consider themselves maybe country music fans. You know, a lot of the newer stuff sounds kind of just like pop. Yeah. You know, it just it just sounds like pop music, um, you know, and to me, you know, country music, when I think about it and I grew up playing in punk rock bands. Don't get me wrong. You know, I didn't I didn't grow up you know, by any means, just like, you know, born into country music. But, you know, my, my dad, you know, growing up around him, he's a music lover, um, loved classic rock, you know, and every now and again, I mean, I just, a lot of that, I remember being in the car with him, you know, growing up, and he loved a lot of the classic rock. And so with that, you would kind of get this, you know, intertwined with some great classic country music, Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, a lot of that stuff. And so to me, that's really the, the country music and to a lot of people, maybe older generations. I mean, I'm only 35, but you know, a little bit ahead, of, ahead of my time. Yeah. I mean, the Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard's and Willie Nelson, Johnny paycheck, you know, it, George Jones, you know, is kind of to me um, those are the country that's country music. Right. Um, and when you're looking at stuff now, you know, Keith Urban, Blake Shelton, um, stuff like that. Yeah. There's hints of country music for sure. There's some twang maybe in their voice. Maybe there's a cool lick or a riff on the guitar and they're playing it on a telly and it sounds really cool and kind of, you know, country, but you know, that the stuff today, you know, that's really considered the outlaw country stuff, which is kind of what I get branded with is just kind of the guys who are today, kind of following in the footsteps of like the Johnny Cash and the, you know, the George Jones and, in the guys that really love that old sound um, that are trying to kind of, you know, pave a new way for it and kind of keep that alive uh, without, you know, drenching it in this auto tune and pop and, you know, fake drum beats and, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, to each their own, you know, and, and I love a good pop song and I love, you know, there's some great stuff that's on the radio and whatnot, but you know, to me, a lot of the really cool new stuff that's outlaw country um, there's guys um, like Whitey Morgan uh, or Cody jinx. These are kind of some, you know, some heavy hitting guys that are popular out there. Um, You know, those guys, you know, they kind of are way more in that outlaw scene and vibe. And, and to me, kind of the outlaw country thing is just kind of, you know, the guys who are newer that are trying to keep that classic sound, but just kind of doing it their own way, I guess. And so, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, the the country music today, to me, is just a lot of pop. It just sounds really right. polished and shiny. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot to like, you know, like I said, it's kind of a loaded question, because, you know, a lot of people would say maybe what I do is outlaw country. Some other people might call it alt country right you know some people might call it red dirt country which is they're all just these different you know kind of different subgenres of each other really um see i, I i'd be
0: like the gangster guy yeah. i call it like the og country because that's what my dad used to listen to or listens to you know and yeah. it's like that's old school man
1: it is you know and it is and and for me it was like you know like i said i grew up listening to so many different kinds of stuff you know, and, and then when I started really writing more songs and, and in my twenties and later into my twenties and, and starting to really just like find this love for, for like the simplicity, right. I think like, I'm a pretty simple guy. I, th- I like to think. And so it was these songs. I just was like relating to, you know, I was, you know, swinging a hammer working construction for a buddy in between, you know, tours. I was waiting tables, you know, at a diner, you know, in town, like, you know, so I was working and and listening to a lot of stuff and diving into this stuff. And it's, it's kind of your, you know, blue collar work and music. And so I was relating to a lot of it. I was going through different stuff with my wife at the time, because we were dating still. and So things were messy here and there. And so there's those heartbreak songs that just like rip you in half, but they're so good. You have to listen to them 20 times over. And so like, there was just so many things with, with a lot of the old stuff that I really i don't know just connected with right and so um and so a lot of my writing just i think kind of just kept evolving from there with it and so yeah so the outlaw country thing it's interesting i mean you know i I, again like to each their own some people might call what i do outlaw country some people might just call it you know country music or honky tonk or roots music or alt country red dirt there's so much um but yeah, I think it's just the guys nowadays. It's just really the guys that are trying to keep that, like you said, OG right. feeling alive, you know?
0: It's, it's like listening to so. reg, or listening to music on the radio. And I'm like, man, there's what they do run out of lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are there no more yeah. lyrics in the universe or, you know, or, yeah. or even beats? Cause you know, I grew up playing basketball in the hood with all the brothers and, uh, that the music I grew up on was like Earth, Wind and Fire, Grandmaster Flash, and the Furious Five and And you know, today yeah. you listen to that music, it's like they're just using they're they're sampling their music and Totally. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> But they do learn not learn how to write music or something like that.
1: No, in 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 totally. I mean I think there's a lot of that that, you know, for me being a guy that really loves the the art and craft of writing a song, right. You know, when you do kind of hear that stuff, it's just like, so blah, you know, sometimes it just comes out on the radio. I mean, you can tell, I mean, you can tell what's, what's from the heart and what's not. And yep. don't get me wrong again, like there's some stuff that's on the radio, Brad, Brad Paisley, that dude can rip. Right. I mean, that guy's a phenomenal guitar player. Great, great, yep. great player. You know, he can write great songs. Um, So there are some guys out there that are really, you know, in it, um on on that top 40 level that that i think are great but there is a lot of crap out there too like we all know and yeah it is what it is so
0: i have to ask you because i (laughs) i I, you know towards the end of my career yeah they made made me teach english i was like oh are you kidding me i went to university (laughs) to get a phys ed degree so i would never have to teach english but here i am teaching english so i would i would teach poetry unit and i don't know if you're a, a good songwriter, are you generally good in in English or good in poetry? or Can you remember oh, what you were I, like as a student? Yeah, dude,
1: <laughs> not really. Yeah, that's the problem, not really. Um, I wasn't a great English student, so no. I like to think that I can write a decent song, but I wasn't a good English student um, necessarily. Um, I just didn't want to be in high school. Like at the time, like I remember going to class and just being like, I, a couple of the guys I played in bands with at the time, they were a little bit older and, and, you know, I just remember being like, man, I wanted to go play in my band. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be in school. What did I need to be in school for? I mean, you know, I, I, you know, but I got through it and, you know, I think, you know, I don't think you have to be great at it. I think you have to just want to, just learn and, and and learn as much as you can. But also just you have to, you have to want to fail too. you have to like understand that you're going to write some really bad songs, right? You know, and hopefully in those bad songs, you're gonna you're gonna get a keeper, you know, yep. or you might get half a keeper, you know, that like could turn into a keeper. Yep. And I think for me, that took me a long time where, you know, even today, like, I don't just wake up and write a song you know, um, sometimes they come, you know, and, and they come at crazy times. And I think a lot of songwriters will say that, you know, but it happens for everybody differently. For me, it's it's a lot of really working on a song and takes time and, you know, to get it to feel right. And the words and the feeling and the, the chord progressions you're playing with it or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it, for me, it just, yeah, to kind of really, it just, it took a lot of time. I, I don't think it, yeah, it's just a lot of practice and time and your am still learning. Hours. Yeah, man, I'm still way, you know, way behind. I'm still learning all the time and, and whatnot, but, um, but I love, you know, I, and I do, I love to read. I, I like to try to, to write little snippets here and there, even if it's not a full song, you know, if right. you could throw together, you know, maybe it is a poem that comes out, or maybe it's just a few lines and, you know, and stuff. I keep a lot of that, you know, whether it's in yeah. my, you know, the the smartphones are great for it, you know, little memo pads and stuff. I, I use that all the time Right. And try to go back through and, Um, just, you know, I mean, right here on my desk, I mean, I'm just like, you know, notebooks of just like, you know, just gibberish. I'm sure if I opened it up, some of it might make sense, but yeah, it's just, yeah, I think everybody's different. You know, for me, I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm my own worst critic. I'll I'll beat a song to death until I'm just like, all right, you know, now I got to kind of just, I now I got to get it out and play it and let it evolve in that way and get it out. And a lot of it to me, I think also happens once you get an idea and you're happy with it then kind of as a songwriter or a performer, take it live when we could, right. you know, at least and and try it out in front of people. And that to me would also kind of be a telling sign. Like you know, people are relating to this or they like it, or maybe there is no response. Maybe people don't like it or right. maybe it makes you feel a different way to play it live. But right. I don't know. Hopefully it's a, it a little sounds, bit it's, of You know what? It, it, you know,
0: it's, I'm sitting here I listening to you but... and, and, and how you take your songs live. And that's like, man, that sounds just like a comedian going out there totally yeah it's like you know you you, you write your jokes write your songs you go out there play them to a small totally. audience and uh it's like oh yeah that's a keeper Nah, I'm not gonna play that one again or you know totally that's a, yeah
1: that's a hard job yeah. I I don't think I could do that I mean people I think say that about playing you know being like oh I could never get up and play just a guitar and my you know by myself right being a comedian, but really similar for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know,
0: but I, I'm going to, I'm going to hypothesize that musicians don't seem to have the mental health issues. Some of them may, <laughs> some of them may, <laughs> but, Yeah, you know, it, some of them. Yeah. Cause you know, in, in my years as an educator, I would, uh, you know, we would talk about mental health and health class and that sort of stuff. And we would talk about, this is the face of mental health issues, you know, Robin Williams, uh, Chris Farley, you totally. know, um, oh, Howie Mandel, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, and these guys are comedians and they struggle and, you know, they, they didn't come out on the winning end. Uh, Howie Mandel, he, he hasn't done anything yet, but, uh, you know, it's at least he's out there sharing because up here in Canada our uh, Bell Canada, they have a thing on a specific day in the year. It's called, uh, uh, what's it called? Text Talk something like that for mental health. And so a certain amount of money for every text put through the cellular system goes to mental health. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, you know what, we're really not cool. supposed to use cell phones in school, but on that day it's like, yeah, don't text anybody blast. in another class, but text whomever you want. <laughs> yeah, blast them out there. That's, yeah. a,
1: that's really, that's neat.
0: And then, and cool. I don't know, I th- geez, they must raise about $8 million a year or something like that. Or on that wow. day. Yeah, everybody in Canada, whoever's texting on the Bell Network, which is most of it. Um, yeah, so they uh, do a fundraiser that way. Now, you were talking about when you are getting out on the road and that sort of stuff. So as a musician, yeah. what are you doing in your career? Because you know what? <laughs> Listen, listeners don't know this. But... It's almost a comical question as it is. <laughs> yeah, but go what ahead. Are, what are you doing to better yourself during the pandemic, Lauren?
1: oh just there you kidding. go that's
0: no that's i, I no no like not that question um
1: yeah no i like the way it ended i mean at first it was like what are you doing well i'm not doing jack because i can't really go anywhere but no to, to better myself are you out of your great. pajamas I mean, today uh, i actually still <laughs> i have some sweats on today still i was still in dad mode when i came on onto the call but um yeah no to to better myself as a musician and in, in the time i've had um i think a lot of it for me um, coming out of you know myself you know when I was 19 I, I really dove right into touring and wanting to be out on the road playing gigs every night and doing that and I really did that really really strong up until probably about two years ago right um, when we had when we had our little boy and kind of slowed down a little bit but was still even those last two years well uh, that one year up until the pandemic really, um, you know, was gigging a lot still and and staying really active and, and all of that. So I think for me, it was really helped better myself as a musician is actually having some time away from it and being able to kind of recharge. Um, there was years, I mean, you know, when we came up to Canada, you know, and stayed with you guys, I think in, in 2014, it was, I think, or, or, or maybe 2015, excuse me, it, it was... You know, I mean, I was playing 200 plus days a year, maybe 250 or more, you know, and just all the time, which is great, but also trying to keep a band intact, you know, three or four other guys, um, you know, that I was trying to make sure they were making ends meet um, and and just, you know, day after day after day. So
0: I that's, was getting pretty burnt out. I was going to say guess, that's a grind because you know, like, you're booking your own shows too, right?
1: And, and booking all of the stuff. Josh, Josh, my brother, he did help me there for a stint when I started doing my solo project, um, about seven, eight years ago, he, you know, he jumped in about 2014, 2013, I, somewhere around there and helped, you know, we kind of worked together for about a year and a half, maybe, maybe two years. And so he helped me book some stuff, but yeah, I mean, over the, really the majority of the last 15 years, you know, or so I've been just booking it all and, and just doing, you know, and, and doing it DIY myself. So yeah, it, it felt like I was getting to this point where I was really grateful for that time when my son was born right? Um, to kind of sit back. And I was like, wow, I can kind of do this. And I have a wife who has a great career and a great work ethic. I mean, it, it's tough to be married to her some right. days because she works so damn hard. And like, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And so, you know, we, when he was born, I was like, okay, I, I, I'm able to kind of take a little bit of a step back and, and whatnot. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, it just was taken away from me. But at the same time, at first, the the first little while was like, okay, I, I can deal with this. It's not going to be too long. We're going to get a hold on this. And then, you know, this is a nice little reset. This will be a great little reset, recharge. And so for me, that felt like I was kind of getting back to like where I was like, okay, like I'm feeling excited to get back to playing again. I was not feeling like I had to write songs. Sometimes when you're touring or in that tour mode and show mode, you also feel like, wow, I'm playing, you know, maybe I'm doing the bar scene for a tour um, or the majority of a tour of shows. So you're playing maybe two or three hours a night. And so you're playing a lot of material. And so then I would get to this point mentally <clears throat> for a lot of years where it's like you you need fresh stuff right. all the time, you know, or like the guys in the band, they're sick of playing the same stuff. So they want you to like, hey, dude, where's where's the new song? Like I'm sick of playing the same stuff every night for three hours. Like, you know, what do you have? but you're driving the van and you're still booking the shows and then you're still making sure everybody's got some money in their pocket, whatever. So it was tough, you know, and again, going back to what I said earlier, I'm still jotting ideas down. I'm I'm more inspired to write and in, in that when I'm on the road and when I'm meeting people and playing the shows and, and that, I feel like I'm really inspired, but um, yeah, I just, it doesn't happen right away. You're not writing songs all the time. So to have a little time again is what I was getting at to, to, to feel like I'm just writing songs because I enjoy writing songs and it's what I love to do. It was really nice and to not feel like I had to rehearse for the next gig and put together the next, you know, couple months or whatever. So that made me feel like a, a little bit better of a, of a person and musician to have some time. But then as this thing's kept going and going and going, as we know, you know, for the last 12 months and more, um, you know, now I'm missing it and, and whatnot and, and yeah. really itching to get back at it. But so if it's you're still gonna be at least a, a couple months for me. If so. you
0: if you're a prolific songwriter, you have like 365 new songs then, right?
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what I mean. And for me, I've just got a handful, you know, but yeah, I've yeah. been able to really find that time and, and also finding that balance between being a dad and being yep. a, you know, being a husband. Um you know, I've, I've been lucky to pick up a little bit of of remote work and some projects here and there as well, you know, between the last year during the pandemic too. So it's been good, you know, but I've been able to find, find that time to where I've been able to stay, you know, inspired and and I feel like artistic and and, and motivated to write songs and kind of get back to just like, this is what I like to do. And, you know, when, when I do get back out and and do it, hopefully here in the next, you know, hopefully soon um, as things are kind of starting so lift here and there and and, you know we're hearing about music coming back more and more especially here in the states Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it'll 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 feel good but hopefully i can get back to it and not feel that pressure of getting burnt out so quick right so
0: So you were talking uh, about working on some projects so some of the cool things because i've watched or listened uh, yeah are like some of the music festivals or with other musicians online it's and it's kind of cool you know and then you know people can leave tips and that sort of stuff, and yeah. So how did how did how did that come about? Because I'm sure pre pandemic that stuff did not exist.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, well, first I gotta say thank you just directly to you because you've been very supportive of that and oh. like checking out the shows and the performances, and and I appreciate that man a lot, and yeah. and I really do. And um, because it is, it's it's an interesting time for that, and and that was a whole new thing to me when they started happening and, and yeah, but going pre pandemic, I mean, you would see, you know, as Facebook added, and I don't know when they added it, maybe in the last couple of years, you know, the live feature, um, you know, I know that's within the last two or three years, YouTube has it as well now, um, you know, and obviously Instagram. And so you would see, you know, pre pandemic, you would see musicians and songwriters and bands, even maybe at a gig or at a bar, somebody would set up their phone and turn on the live or whatever, but it wasn't the same as we would see when the pandemic started you know people couldn't go to live you know see live music so yeah beforehand it was here and there but there was this different tone about it you know once the pandemic hit it became just the only way you know for anybody to connect with their favorite you know songwriters or musicians and artists and so it, I mean, that thing just spread like a wildfire. I mean, being that like my network, when I get on Facebook or I, you know, check on Instagram, it's, it's primarily people I've met through music over the years musicians and songwriters. And I mean, it was, you know, the pandemic hit and this kind of started and people would do these live feeds and they create a virtual tip jar and their description. And you would see, I mean, people were streaming around the clock, you know, for, for a while, you know, maybe a month or two. And then it kind of slowed up, but you know, I kind of started to jump into it. I didn't go at it right away. Um, And I don't, you know, I didn't do it as much as some people, some people were streaming every night from their homes and doing personal concerts, which is, which is great. Um, You know, I kind of chose to to sit back and I did a few here and there and they were awesome. People were so generous. Um, Like you said, with the tips and the virtual tip jar, I I didn't expect anything. I, I, I wanted to get on and play and missed playing songs and, and for playing for people. And I thought I, I would try it out and, um, and just was really blown away from just the, just the kindness of people that, that checked out what I was doing. And then people started these, you know, in 2020, I had already booked pre pandemic. I had booked probably maybe four or five, maybe six festivals throughout the U S scattered throughout. And as those were getting canceled, Uh, you know further into the pandemic people were starting to be well why don't we turn this into you know a music festival online and we'll do the same lineup and we'll have the set time slots Um, you know and so those evolved you know and so that's kind of how I started doing it and we jump on and I do a set you know followed by somebody else and so those are really cool and um, you know it's leveled out I mean people aren't doing them as much um the last one i did last month around valentine's day was a really cool one um people were starting to pre-record their sets as, as opposed to just going live right so that they could mm-hmm. really film it with more high quality um visual and audio so you know i did that a little bit you know i got my wife down in the basement you know with the tripod helping me out take some shots and whatever and i've got a little home studio set up here in in, in my basement and so that was a lot of fun but um you know, I'm, I definitely want to do some more of that stuff myself, even just in the future, you know, post pandemic and and whatnot and special occasions and what, but it was crazy. Yeah. It was wild to see it really take off how, how it has for people. I mean, I've seen everybody from just, you know, you know, small independent artists like myself to, you know, major, major names, you know, people jumping on and doing, and doing a live stream, you know, for free. Yeah. So it's been really cool though. And I think it's, it's really for all I was going to say with that was just, the artists and, and musicians who haven't been able to get out there and play for people. I think it's great. i I'm, I think it's, we're really lucky that we have the technology to be able to do it, you oh, know? It's, and, it's, you it's know, crazy. I mean,
0: yeah. Like <clears throat> in my wife's work, like uh, she's been called back to work. I was, we were texting back and forth and she was a manager and for years and years and years, she would have staff members ask about working from home, working from home. Mm. And You know, the higher ups, higher than Sean would say, oh, no, you can't do that. You have to come to the office. It's like, yeah, well, you know what? It's 2021. Do I have to come to the office now? Because I've been working from home for the last year. Sean was uh, reading a thing um, on one of our national newspapers. Uh, The city of Toronto lost over 50,000 people from the population moving out to the country. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like wow. I'm a, you know, how far I am from Toronto an hour. Sure. We're thinking yeah. of buying a house. So there's a, we found a house on an acre out way out in the country, almost another hour from us. And we put a bid on the house. We raised a bid a little bit. It sold out there for $131,000 more than what they were asking. I was telling Josh this, you know, it's, it's like, this is like two hours from Toronto. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. Wow. I don't know. what where, What's two hours from Salt Lake city down to the where South
1: jo- where Josh lives now where yeah, Josh just right. bought a house. Yeah. So Josh just, Josh lives out in a place called price, but he's at about exactly two hours from Salt Lake. So if you go in a two hour radius, you're going to hit um, West, you're going to hit um, Wyoming. You're going to hit the border of Wyoming. Um, a little bit more, you know, South, East is kind of where Josh is at, which is you kind of get out on your way out towards Colorado is kind of where Josh is. So right. the border of Colorado is about four hours from Salt Lake. And so Josh is literally halfway. Right. Um, and then two hours south, you're just in a little town called uh, Fillmore, Utah, which is just, you know, <laughs> middle of nowhere down on the interstate is you're going kind of towards Las Vegas and you're going south. And then two hours the other way, if you're going east, you're, you're going to just be out, you um, just about to Nevada right over on the salt flats. Right. Right. So yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, we, we're not out in any super pretty country, probably not like where you're talking. Oh no, man. That sounds,
0: well, it's just farm country. Yeah. You know, but yeah, Yeah. you know what, Sean and I have, uh, you know, we watch some stuff on YouTube and it's like, yeah, I want to take her down there. There's this trail in Utah, White something road or something—it's like the the uh, toughest road in all of the U.S. This guy says, and he—it uh it says you should have four-wheel drive, but he did it in his off-road Volkswagen Westphalia, <laughs> <laughs> and he he he, he went right. up this one grade and he got to the top of it, and he's like, he's coming back for his camera, and he goes yeah, I don't think I'm going to do stuff like that again by myself, you know. So I told Sean, I said, that would be such a cool trip to do. Just leave the trailer, do it on the in the truck. I, I talked to my mechanic, yeah. and he goes, oh, yeah, your truck? You could do that in your truck. But I kind of thought, you know, have like a side-by-side or something like that. I don't know if there's a company nearby that rents side-by-sides, but it's about a 40-mile trip. It took this guy two days to do it. Like, you, you got to go slow.
1: I got to, I got to look this up. I'm going to have to check this out. I bet Josh knows what, yeah, what it's, this is. I think
0: it's Southwest. Oops. It's in the Southwest. Yeah. There's, um, but yeah, your yeah, country your is beautiful. Like,
1: no, and I didn't mean it like that. No, it is. It is. It is super beautiful. Um, plug in my charger here. No, it is. It's It honestly, I'm, I love where I live and honestly, two hours anywhere is, is actually really pretty country. Yeah. Um, but I'll have to look that up. That doesn't ring a bell, but there's places out here. Yeah. You could totally get a side by side, I'm sure. And yeah. read it out and probably do it in something like that. But yeah, um, yeah there's so much great stuff out here in within a couple hours. I mean, I was going to say even two. you know, two and a half, three hours, you're getting into like Moab.
0: Right. Um, yeah.
1: And all of, in all of those parks and Canyon lands, um, you know, even in other directions, you're hitting some other great national parks. So we're, we're blessed. I mean, super lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I'm making it seem like
0: we're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? When you're living in it, you don't pay attention to it, right? Like,
1: No, sometimes. No, but see, yeah, I look back at, like, what I'm saying. It's like, oh, you know, you're just, like, you're in Wyoming. And they're like, oh, you're out at the Salt Flats. I'm like, oh, that stuff's pretty cool. I mean, honestly, yeah. I like, the Salt Flats are really cool. And, honestly, Wyoming is one of those places here, to me, a lot of people just blow right past it. You know, they don't think too much about it, even though it's a big state, but. There is, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, there's so many great places to go fish and, right. you know, great places out there so we're lucky.
0: We're yeah. really lucky where we live.
1: Yeah. So you're moving or is that what I was going to say? Well, are we, you, we, you guys, are, you're thinking about
0: it? Thinking about it, yeah. Uh, like I, You know, uh, my, my mom got really sick and she ended up passing away last July uh, but exactly a year ago today or no, a year ago on March 6th, anyways, my dad got a new knee and then Three days before that, my mom had her, one of her final chemo treatments. And I think the old warriors thought they could lean on each other. And I said, it was World Telemark Day the next day. And I was like, I got an event to run, but Sean and I will come and we'll spend the weekend with you. Well, we spent 10 days with them. And I'm like, they live in a two-story. My mom had a new knee done several years ago. With her health, the stairs were pretty much killing her. You know, she lived upstairs um, right. you know, and, uh, I was like, yeah, this isn't pretty. I, I don't want to be like this. Cause I got a really bad arthritic knee. And, um, so it's like, well, let's take a look at it. Cause I used to build houses and so I, and my body's really beat up. I'm working on a project I've been working on for a year. And, uh, you know, sometimes I come home and I'm like, oh damn, I'm thinking about <laughs> building a house. <laughs> but you know what? If the right house p- fell in our laps, I'd buy it just like this one that we saw. And um, so we're looking at that, but the prices are out of the world. And then, so the other alternative is to build. But up here, you guys down there have to stop building so many freaking homes because you're driving the lumber prices too high.
1: You're, you're telling me we're trying, we're, my wife and I were trying to get started on a project at our house. We, we moved and sold our our first place that we moved into when we got married in 2015, it was a great place. It was a town home and they were new, more space than we needed, but we had just lucked out. And we, we had run into some people who know her sister at, at, during this last summer. And long story short, we ended up getting into a spot in this area of, of Salt Lake city that we would just, we've talked about for years. We would lo- we would have loved to be in. And that was really it. The neighborhood was really the area was what sold it for us and having the little guy now. And, and all of that, you're thinking, you're thinking way longer you know term and so you know as we got into this house it's it's a little older it was built in 1953 there's some things that we'd love to update you know in the lumber prices are absurd right now i mean we're talking to you know a couple contractors here and there about doing this and you know that i mean the prices are nuts like you said it's crazy
0: well i was reading an article by an economist about it and he was saying that the foresters would get $400 for a 1,000 board feet of lumber. So I don't know if you know what a board foot is. It's 12 inches by 12 inches by 1 inch thick. Now, okay. they're, now they're getting $1,000 for a 1,000 board feet. So it's gone up two and a half times. And uh, I, I was helping my daughter build the chicken coop last spring, and a piece of 3-8 plywood cost me $15 last year at this time. This year... It's $48. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. So, I'm, so yeah. I so I, uh, I, was talking to another contractor today, and I said, you're working in this all the time, way more than I am. What do you think? And he goes, the only way that you can get ahead is if you buy a fixer-upper. And it's like, oh, man, because I've been working on a fixer-upper for the last year for my buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's uh. 120 years old. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So it's taken us a long time. COVID held us up, but uh, and I've been pretty much doing most of the work myself lately. We're working together because it's a two-person job in some of the stuff that we're doing. But uh, the the floor joists are twelve by twelve, spaced forty-eight inches apart. My buddy can't can't wrap his head around how this house was built. I said it's <laughs> built like a barn, and none of the interior walls are weight bearing. Oh. Yeah, so upstairs, I got <laughs> I got right back to the original wall separating two bedrooms at the time, and all it was was a two inch thick barn board, and on either side of it was whitewashed canvas. That was the original wall covering. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And the studs in some of the walls, I've collected the the best ones, and they're uh, two inches by fourteen inches, and they're set sideways in the wall and then laughing is nailed onto it and then uh plaster on top and i was like i I couldn't throw this lumber away so i harvested it and gave it to my kids and they've been making projects out of it and that nice shelves and bar tops and you know the woods 120 years old wow lots of character yeah so yeah working on that project that you know uh, some days i'm like oh man i am so beat up but I'm not working uh, I, I'm not working five days a week. When I work five days a week for Ernie, I'm all right. But it's like because we're doing jobs that require two people, it's like one or two days a week right now. It's like Ernie, you're killing me with this <laughs> with this uh, schedule. Is it close
1: to you or you, you drive pretty far?
0: Uh forty minutes. That
1: project. Yeah, okay. it's not far.
0: Yeah. It's an easy it's a nice drive out in the hills to the east of us. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
1: That sounds like a good project though. I mean, a 120-year-old house, that sounds like it's got some
0: There's some, some cool interesting th- things.
1: There's some interesting things
0: going on. Oh yeah, we haven't found any treasure or dead bodies. We're kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we figure like not even any There's dead be animals. something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, anyways, That's so that, cool. That's yeah. really cool. So, uh what do you have on uh coming up any projects or i I know that you're helping josh with the shop because we're on the work chats and i see you uh being the taskmaster and uh say hey we need a closing vid or whatever
1: yeah yeah that's been a great you know and i'm super grateful to uh josh for that so so big big ups to him for 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 the help with that this year just because you know, as his season was getting rolling this year, um, they kind of needed someone to help out with some of the social media and some of the visual and audio stuff. And you know, I've got a home studio space, and so uh, you know, kind of editing video, I've done a few of those myself, and just little things in here, here and there. So it's been fun to help those guys out at, at the Free Hill Life, and um, you know, keeps me a little bit busy, which has been fun. So that's been it's been a good little. Extra something this year. Um so so that's been fun. Projects for me right now. Um kinda like I said, the house, that's kind of the first thing right now on the on the home front. We're, what are, we're getting ready to kinda
0: what are your plans? dive into it. What are your plans? Well,
1: we those? we're gonna really right now I think we're just gonna kinda start with our kitchen and our living room uh, area yep. upstairs. Um, it is just like this really awesome shade of like mustard yellow nice. mica that's like you know, my, my wife loves it. And so we're just, you know, <laughs> we're just, we're trying to start there with the kitchen and uh, do a couple things up there. So it's going to take us a few months. I think we're going to dive into that here probably in the springtime sometime maybe in April, hopefully. Um, but as far as like, you know, music projects and, and kind of that side of things um, I've got another festival coming up that I'm getting ready to shoot for. Um, and so that's going to be for a festival sometime in April. So I'll definitely, you know, keep you posted and, and make some posts from my social media about it, but
0: but tell people so where they get, can find you on social media while we're on that.
1: Sure. Yeah. So my music, um, you can find it, um, you know, any of streaming platforms, iTunes and Spotify, if you just, uh, search for Lauren Walker Madsen, um, Facebook, same thing. Um, it's, I think it's just, you know, backslash Lauren Walker Madsen. Um, and on Instagram, my handle is official underscore L W M on there. So you can, you can kind of keep up to date on stuff there. Um, so getting ready to really just dive into a, a couple of those online festivals. And, um, I know things are, you know, pretty different between Canada and the U S and kind of, you know, where we're at with regulations, um, or, or, you know, what's going on there. So right now, um, here in Utah, um, they're getting ready to lift all of our mask mandates, um, here, I think at the 11th of April, um, you know, and then a lot of it's going to be up to the business and um, what they want to do, whether they, they continue to enforce it or not. So people, you know, throughout the pandemic, there have been places that have still been trying to keep live music places that have had their doors open that have been trying to continue with that. So um, I've been, you know, we've got the little guy at home, right. We've had family members that are, that are older and high risk and, um, and just things like that. We've been really playing it careful. So I haven't, you know, played out in, in a year um, as far as live, but I'm hoping to kind of get the ball rolling again, maybe this summer kind of starting to look at it, uh, actually have an appointment to get a vaccination for myself, my cool. wife. And so we're, we're hoping to get that rolling. And, and as you know, more people do, we'll kind of see where that goes, but it seems like things are starting to move in that direction and, and, in live music. So we'll see. I mean, fingers crossed. I think everybody has, has that hope that it's going to, that it's going to last and we're not going to end up in, in a bigger hole. Um, But um, I'm hoping to kind of get back to that. So right now just kind of staying busy with what I can, a couple of home recording projects and and writing with uh, before the pandemic, I was hoping to lay down a new album. So hopefully we'll kind of get back to that and um, some of the new stuff I've been working on, hopefully put that on a record, but.
0: Now people can find your music on Spotify, right? I think. Yeah. Yep. So you can
1: find it on Spotify. Um, I think I've got four, four releases up there and then iTunes as well. Some people like to listen on um, Amazon music or there's some other platforms, but really wherever you're streaming music. So
0: that's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, so it's, hopefully we'll have a couple of fun music projects and some gigs coming up. I think it might be a little, a little while before we're back on the road, you know, right. touring and, and doing it full swing, but, right. um, baby steps. So right.
0: you need my trailer, <laughs> dude, I, the whole I'll take band could sleep great. in it. You could load all the gear in the back. <laughs> Done deal. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll drive. Twice. I'll drive the bus for you, man.
1: <laughs> dude, that sounds great. That was the, I think, you know, when, having a driver like I love to drive driving is like my piece it's like where I you know clear my mind I do a lot of writing even in my head gosh I mean uh, we went to Europe in 2018 and we had a driver for that tour
0: oh did you it was the
1: great it was the greatest thing I think I've ever experienced just being able to like not have to drive you know right. and, and having that choice so I might say you know maybe I'll take you up on that one of these <laughs> days I'll know that I've really made it quote unquote when keith is driving the bus around
0: (laughs) all right i promise you know i didn't even load the load the band into the trailer and just go around the block man (laughs) nobody nobody has to know we'll take all the pictures
1: that sounds good to me right right now i'll take it
0: (laughs) all right thanks so much for uh being part of this this is i guess this is how i better myself during the pandemic
1: so. i appreciate i think it's great and i appreciate you having me on it's great to catch up with you i mean oh yeah like you said i think it's it's been almost five years or yeah so yeah we just been.
0: keep touch through social media anyway but yeah. uh, i love seeing the pictures of liam and especially that one today when he grew that mustache
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh jeez, he is just yeah they, they do though they, they get they grow up fast as yeah. they say yeah,
0: I know one of mine, she's going to be having a baby on May the 15th, maybe. So we're I, was me- I think I messaged you, messaged you that you I was going to uh, be a grand. So, so we'll see. This will be
1: grand grandkid number
0: one? Numero uno. That's
1: awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah, That's yeah. so so great. Well,
0: I always think people say, so are you excited? And I'm like, ah, I think maybe it's a woman thing or a grandma thing. Yeah, It's like, give me the kid when he's four or five or, or she. <laughs> <laughs> then, then we'll have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's,
1: uh yeah, there, he was, you know, he's our first, and, and it was a blast as a baby, you know, and, yeah. and those were a lot of fun times. But, you know, he's coming up on two, and you can already, he's just, he's so fun. I mean, every day he's just more and more fun and more things, you know, light bulbs turning on in his head, and um, he loves to be outside. He likes to go fishing with Dad and, you know, right. t- touch the fish and all that. So, yeah, I think four or five, it's going to be a blast yeah, yeah. I, I don't doubt you yeah
0: That's all right range. well you have a good evening lauren thanks again for being on the show
1: hey thank you so much it's a great catching up keith i appreciate you having me on
0: all right have a good evening hey you too a huge thank you for my friend lauren walker madsen for joining me on this episode of the skipper report check back later for another episode